Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. Uh, Tuesday was a four-game slide. I actually didn't even end up making lineups for Tuesday just because I didn't think it was a particularly good slate. There wasn't really any value I liked, and then the only guy to pay up for was Giannis, who cost like a million dollars. So that was not a slate that I chose to play. One thing I am looking forward to on Tuesday is a little bit later tonight, there's going to be the Kentucky-Duke college basketball game. Usually I don't care about college basketball, uh, but I want to see, uh, I don't know, we got a bunch of the best prospects for next year's draft are going to be in that game, so I'm kind of interested in watching that. Uh, the other thing also is that I have to do, well, not have to do, chose to do. I'm doing uh, an interview with SB Nation promoting like DraftKings and college basketball, and usually I don't really watch a whole lot of college basketball, so I have to watch some of the games to start the season so that I actually have stuff to talk about. But one thing that's good about that is radio is super phony. So when I was booking the interview and getting set up, I actually got uh, the, the PR person emailed me and asked for the questions I want to be asked and what my answer going to be for them so that they could be properly prepared. So... I don't actually have to sit and have a real conversation about college basketball. I could script my answers. It, not only can I do it, I have to do it because that's the way that they work. Uh, also, Tuesday uh, was election day. If you voted, I hope that your team wins and you get the results that you so desire. Uh, that is something else that I guess a lot of people will be watching on Tuesday night. I'll be watching the college basketball game, but I'm sure a lot of people will be watching election results. Uh, for Wednesday's slate, we've got the 10 games to talk about. We're going to have some value. We've already got Russell Westbrook. Looks like a pretty bad ankle sprain for him uh, on Monday night, which that killed my lineups on Monday because I was pretty high on Westbrook. And he was on his way to a triple-double and then really badly rolled his ankle coming down uh, on Anthony Davis's foot going up for a rebound. And looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Hard to know, but at least for Wednesday, we know for sure that he's going to be out. Uh, the first game on this slate, though, is the Detroit Pistons at the Orlando Magic. Pistons coming off an overtime game where we just saw a ton of production from them. Uh, they were playing against the Heat, and uh, Andre Drummond really just ate in an overtime game. No real big men for Miami with Hassan Whiteside out that game. He had a 20-20 game. Uh, I would expect him to not repeat that performance again. Uh, the Magic have a million big men to throw at him. It is a pretty decent overall match for Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, but in that price range, I'm going to prefer to pay up for Paul George tonight. He's going to be my guy in that 9000 range, so for that reason, not really on Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond. Uh, the one place we could have value from the Pistons is Reggie Bullock, questionable to play after missing last game. Uh, if he's out, we saw Glenn Robinson, the third GR3, start in his spot last game. Uh, 31 minutes for Robinson, scored 24.5 fantasy points. Uh, I know that partially, at least, he got extra minutes in because the game went to overtime. But still, if we could get, say, like 25 to 28 minutes from Glenn Robinson in a starting role at only 3,400, I think that would be uh, a decent enough value on him. I would be interested in rostering uh, GR3. Nobody else that I really want to play from the Detroit side of the game. From Orlando... Uh, we have Evan Fournier, do not Google, questionable once again. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't say once again. He wasn't He wasn't questionable before, uh, but for last game, he had played 
uh, but I wrote him being questionable for DraftKings early in the day, so it was something on my mind as a repeat story, which is not necessarily true. If Fournier's out, then I think the guy who benefits the most is probably going to be Jonathan Simmons would be possibly moving into the starting lineup at 3,700. If we look at Simmons' box scores from last year, there's a stretch of games where he started and actually fared pretty well from a DFS perspective. As a starter last year, we saw his price get as high as 7,100. Uh, I don't expect anything like that to go on, except I think to expect him to be like a high 4,000, low 5,000 range as a fair price for him as a starter is where we would want to look. So if Jonathan Simmons ends up starting in place of 48, really strong value play at 3,700. Uh, we also still have Jonathan Isaac out with a sprained ankle. So Aaron Gordon, I think, once again makes for a pretty good play. We've seen the last couple of games really more minutes needed for Gordon, a uh, bigger role for him, more secure role with Jonathan Isaac out. That's why the last couple of games, 41 minutes, 34 minutes, uh, 39 fantasy points in each of those games. So 7,000 for Gordon against a big Pistons front court. I think that once again we would need to see a pretty big role from him and he makes for a good play Wednesday. Uh, next game, OKC at Cleveland. Talked about this a little bit at the top, and that is Russell Westbrook out. So that means we have Dennis Schroeder moving back into the starting lineup. We have a bunch of usage going towards Paul George. Uh, if you look at the numbers this year with Westbrook off the court, we have a 30% usage rating from Dennis Schroeder, uh, up from 26%. Uh, with Westbrook off the floor. He gets a 4% usage bump. Uh, 5% usage bump for Paul George, who goes from a 28.2% to 33.4% usage rating. Now, if you're just looking at the on-off numbers, you might see, well, whoa, Paul George per minute is actually scoring less fantasy points with Westbrook off the court. However, he has more usage with Westbrook off the floor. And the other thing, too, is if you look at Paul George's shooting percentages, 30% without Westbrook on the court this year, that's certainly going to come up. That's a little bit of a fluke. We saw last year Paul George be right around a 10,000 player when Westbrook missed some games. So I think that Paul George is definitely uh, a guy who you want to have in cash games. He's going to be a, a guy who I'm going to target heavily for Wednesday slate. 9,100, good play. Dennis Schroeder up to 6,900. I, I think it's kind of a fair price for him. He's in play. Uh, but not necessarily the must-play he was at the beginning of the year when Westbrook was out and he was in the low 6,000 range. From the Heat side, not the Heat, the Cavs side of the game, we've got George Hill at 4,000, who I actually think makes for a pretty good play on this slate, and here is why. As we know, Ty Lue fired, no longer the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Larry Drew took over, and one of the first things we saw is increased playing time for George Hill. Two games since Drew took over, 28 minutes and 33 minutes for George Hill, uh, scored 44 fantasy points in the last game. If we're going to be getting 30 minutes or so from George Hill, I think the 4000 price tag is just a bit too cheap for him. Still more of a GPP play for me than a cash play because I'm not 100% sold. That's how the minutes are going to shake up under, uh, under Larry Drew. But at least for now, I think that he makes the most sense as a play for Cleveland, and I certainly see the upside in that 4000 price tag if we're going to see him at 30-plus uh, minutes still. The next game, the Knicks at the Hawks. Hawks playing on the tail end of a back-to-back. Uh, from the Knicks side of the game, we have Tim Hardaway Jr. once again questionable to play. He missed last game, and the Knicks ended up playing a double overtime game. Uh, Alonzo Trier ended up playing a bunch of minutes and doing well. Uh, Frank Nielakina did not play well, did not play a lot of minutes. He only got 16. I think this Knicks rotation is just going to be super hard to find out on a day-to-day -day basis. 
they're going to be trying to get the young guys out there a lot, but it's not going to be consistent minutes for everybody every night. Some nights Neil Akina is going to play 30, some nights Neil Akina is going to play 15. I think the same goes for Kevin Knox, the same goes for Damien Dotson, the same goes for Alonzo Trier. Uh, sometimes they're going to run Moutier at point guard. There's just too many guys here for me to really feel like I could accurately predict the production in minutes. So when there's a 10-game slate where we have a lot of other options and we're probably going to have better value plays available, I don't think I'm going to go to really dig for the Knicks to look for value. From the Hawks side of the game, we have Torian Prince, questionable to play with a sprained ankle. He missed uh, Tuesday's game. Now, as I'm doing this, the Atlanta game is still going on, so I don't really know exactly how all the minutes and everything are going to shake up. But I do know that Kevin Herter started in place of Torian Prince. If Prince is out again, it seems to me the logic would be that Kevin Herter would start again and he would make for the best value play at 3,400. And then we also have DeAndre Bembry, who figures to see an extra role coming off the bench at 4,600. And then we also have uh, Trey Young, 34.2% usage rating this year with Torian Prince not playing. So with Prince off the floor, if then I think that we could really look to Trey Young as a good option. If Prince plays, then I don't really think we have a whole lot of value to look at from the Hawks side of the game. Uh, Prince, I think we could stand, we could say that, you know, he makes sense as a play since he's only 5,900 and overall he's produced pretty well this year, averaging about 30 fantasy points per game and what figures to be a plus matchup. Uh, but there could be some risk that he's limited. So this is something where we just need more information on the uh, Hawks injury situation for tomorrow. The next game, the San Antonio Spurs at the Miami Heat. We have LaMarcus Aldridge up to 7,900, DeMar DeRozan at 9,200. Uh, this game I expect to be played at one of the lower paces on the slate. There are some injuries from the Spurs side of the game. We have Rudy Gay out, Pau Gasol is out. So with those injuries, I think we see Davis Bertans move into the starting lineup and probably be locked into a decent amount of minutes. He's near min price at 3200 I think that he would be a really sensible value option, assuming that he starts. If you look at last game, he started due to some injuries, played 26 minutes, produced 15 fantasy points. Yeah, nothing really crazy. Uh, if we look at him last year, he was somebody who got a few starts, usually averaged somewhere around like mid-20s amount of fantasy points. Good value for 3200 though. We don't need a whole lot of him hit value at such a cheap price tag. So I think that he's going to be a core play for me and one of the better value plays on the slate. Also of note from the Spurs is that Derek White, who's missed the start of the year, he was expected to be the starting point guard for the Spurs, got injured towards the end of the preseason. Don't really know what his role is going to look like to start the year. Uh, probably a wait and see for me where I'll probably fade him for his first game. But if he starts and ends up playing a decent amount of minutes, then White's probably somebody we have to pay attention to going forward. From the Heat side of the game, uh, Drogic returned from an injury last game. He is expected to play. No injury designation for him on Wednesday. And then we have Hassan Whiteside, questionable to play after missing last game. Uh, if Whiteside's out, we saw Bam Adebayo start in his place. 4900 for Adebayo. I think that's a fine price tag. We could roster him. Uh, Kelly Olenek is at 5100 He played very well from a DFS perspective last game. Scored right around 30 fantasy points. Uh, only played 24 minutes, though. We didn't see Olenek and Bam share the court at all. We saw 24 minutes for Olenek and, uh, what was it, 29 for Adebayo in what was an overtime game. So they didn't share the court. It was a dead even split one on or the other on. So I think that what we see is Bam Adebayo probably the stronger play. He's the cash play if Whiteside is out. And then Olenek would be kind of like a GPP pivot, but definitely Adebayo would be the safer play. And then I think we kind of avoid all of them if Whiteside ends up playing. 
Uh, next game, the Philadelphia 76ers at the Indiana Pacers. From the Sixers side of the game, they're really priced up now. We've got Ben Simmons, 9,600. Joel Embiid all the way up to 11,400, as well as he has played recently. It's hard for me to really get behind their price tags. Like I think that Paul George for his salary is just a much better value. Uh, Robert Covington is questionable to play. If he gets ruled out, I think that we probably see Dario Sarch get more minutes at 4,800. Sarch has really struggled so far this year, which is why the price is so far down. Last year, Sarch was somebody who was like in the six to 7,000 range for most of the year, and now he's all the way down to 4,800, and a lot of it is just due to poor shooting. He is shooting 34% from the field this year. That's going to go up. He's not going to keep playing this poorly. Uh, I think if, if Covington's out, Sarch is probably looking at pretty safely 30-plus minutes, probably more usage. So I, I think that Sarge without Covington make for a really good play at 4,800. Uh, just kind of a marginal play if Covington does end up playing. From the Pacers side of the game, fairly tough matchup against the Sixers. Uh, Victor Oladipo, who I liked a lot for the last few slates, his price has gone up to 8,700. Now we saw him in like the high 7,000s, low 8,000s, a decent amount recently. But with the price up to 8,700, just kind of a pass for me. No real plays that stand out to me from the Pacers side of the game. Uh, Next one here, this should be a very high-scoring game. A little bit of blowout risk, though. Chicago Bulls at the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, Bulls coming off the double overtime win against the Knicks in a a thriller, the game that nobody wanted to end, reminiscent of Game 3 of the World Series, the game that went 17 innings. We got double overtime out of the Bulls and the Knicks, and it was everything you could have wanted. It was The game ended on a terrible foul by Emmanuel Moutier with – like 0.2 seconds left that Zach Levine was not going to get a shot up at the buzzer anyway. Levine went to the free throw line and iced the game for the Bulls. Uh, If you look at 8,500 for Levine, I get that he was really good last game, except it took him to double overtime to end up hitting value and score 60 fantasy points. Uh, Well, I won't say that. He actually, he hit value uh, before that, but the reason he had so many fantasy points was because the game went to overtime. 8,500, not really a guy who I'm all that interested in. Uh, I think Jabari Parker is okay at 5,800. He has just sucked this year. He's totally shit the bed. He's been awful on defense. The playing time hasn't been consistent. Overall, as a starter now, he has started four games, and his high for fantasy points is 28. But what is interesting, if you look at the last couple of games, 40 and 42 minutes for him. He is getting usage. The usage rating for the year is at 24%. So if he's going to get that many minutes and – be getting that kind of usage. And I understand the minutes are a little inflated because of the double overtime last game, but even taking away those 10 minutes, it's still over 30 minutes for Parker. I I think that he's a fine play. Uh, I don't trust him for cash games because I just don't think he's good, but I I see the upside in GPP. I think the safer play on the Bulls in that price range is Wendell Carter Jr. at 6,200, who's just been really good for them so far this year. That is my primary play from the Bulls side of the game. For the Pelicans, uh, really easy matchup. There is a little bit of issue of a blowout risk here because the Hornets are Pelicans. I mean, I always do that. I keep calling the the Pelicans the Hornets. Uh, Pelicans, 10-point favorites. That is, as of now, the largest spread on the slate. Anthony Davis, I think, really good guy to pay up for in GPPs at 11,500. The matchup is really strong against the Bulls. The Bulls have been poor on defense this year. Anthony Davis has struggled a little bit recently. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of GPP uh, ownership for him. Last couple of games, uh, 31 and 44 fantasy points. 
So I know that people are going to want to stay away from him just because of that. There's going to be some recency bias. To me, if I see somebody with as much upside as Anthony Davis that people don't want to roster, that, that really makes me want to play him in tournaments. Davis almost never a cash game play for me, but for GPPs, I think we could fire him up. Uh, something else to pay attention to is Alfred Payton, who's actually played really well for the Pelicans so far this year. He has missed the last five games with a sprained ankle. He is questionable to play. If he plays without any minutes restriction, really good play, in my opinion, at 5,400. Uh, I don't think that's the most likely scenario. I think that he's like 50-50 to play and like 50-50 to have a restriction or not. So we're going to need to have more information on that situation come tomorrow. Uh, Denver Nuggets at the Memphis Grizzlies, two of the better teams at limiting fantasy points this year. Uh, Denver has been really good on defense. A lot of that is because Jokic has gone to being kind of like an average defender this year, whereas he was just kind of a train wreck in previous seasons. Obviously, Paul Millsap there helps them defensively also. The Denver Nuggets also playing at a much slower pace this season than they did last season. So overall, I just don't see a whole lot of fantasy upside from this game. Only a 205-point total. Uh, it should be pretty competitive. Nuggets only favored by 3.5. But just because of that low total and expected low pace, good defenses, I don't think this is a game to target. Uh, next game, the Dallas Mavericks playing on the tail end of a back-to-back in Utah. I've gone over this many times over the last couple of years. I don't like to play players in Utah. I definitely don't like to play them on the tail end of a back-to-back on the road in Utah. So I am going to be fading the Mavericks in this game. Uh, from the Dallas side, uh, the Utah side, we have Rudy Gobert at 8,000, uh, Ricky Rubio 64. Donovan Mitchell somewhat interesting at 7,400. He is probable to play. He missed uh, two of the last three games with a couple of different injuries. Uh, missed the game against the Grizzlies due to a hamstring strain. Then missed the game against the Raptors due to a sprained ankle. If we see Mitchell starting without any kind of restrictions, there's some value to his price tag. He's somebody who last year was uh, finished the year high 7,000, low 8,000 range. I wouldn't say that he's like, a super strong player or a core play for me, but somebody who'd definitely be in my player pool and somebody of interest to me if there's no kind of restriction there. Uh, two games left to talk about. The Toronto Raptors at the Sacramento Kings. Surprising Sacramento Kings because as much as I've crapped on them in the past for being annoying with rotations and being difficult to figure out, Dave Yeager's been a little bit more consistent this year with who he plays, and the team's been a lot better. They've gotten guys like De'Aaron Fox, who's played really well. Buddy Heald looks like a really good player. And after his minutes were a little down to start the year, he's now been a guy who we could really count on to play like 35-plus minutes every single night. Uh, the one issue here is just going to be the matchup for the Kings. The Raptors are very tough on defense. Uh, one thing we're not totally sure about right now that we're going to need an update on tomorrow is Kawhi Leonard, questionable to play. Uh, with that jammed ankle, he's missed the last couple of games. Uh, if he's out, then we see OG Ananobi probably step back into the starting role again. From the Kings side of the game, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is listed as questionable, but my understanding is that he's not expected to play probably until the weekend. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he changes the rotation if he uh, does end up playing. But from the Kings side of the game, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, I think these are the guys to play uh, if if uh, Kawhi Leonard's out, that's a downgrade to the Raptors' defense. As good as they have been even without him, they're definitely a weaker defense when Leonard doesn't play. So Fox and Heald, I think, are in play, but it would kind of be dependent on uh, Leonard being out for me. Uh, the next game is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the L.A. Lakers. From the Timberwolves' side of the game, 
I think Derek Rose is somebody who you have to have in your lineups for cash games. He has to be in the player pool for GPPs. We have uh, Jeff Teague already ruled out with the knee injury, which has held him out for the last couple of games. And the last couple of starts for Derek Rose have been very good from a DFS standpoint. Obviously, there was the 50-point game where he scored 69 fantasy points. And then we had last game, he started and played 35 minutes, scored 30 fantasy points. The rest of the team is kind of a mess with him in there because there's just so little usage to go around. Like This this Timberwolves team is an offense built as if they're going to be playing with three balls on offense. There's a ton of guys who should be getting a lot of usage. Like, or I wouldn't necessarily say that should be getting a lot of usage, but are high usage players. Uh, Towns, high usage player. Butler, high usage player. Derrick Rose, high usage player. Andrew Wiggins, high usage player. So the chemistry doesn't make any sense. Derrick Rose is the guy who kind of should get his no matter what because he's the point guard. The ball starts in his hand, so he dictates what happens with the shots. So to me, Derrick Rose is the play that makes the most sense at 5,600. I don't feel great about any other uh, Timberwolves player unless there's a change to the starting lineup. From the Lakers side of the game, I think LeBron James is fine for GPPs and cash games at 11,000. But for tournaments on the high end, I do prefer Anthony Davis to LeBron James uh, for their uh, expected salary. Well, we know what that is, salary. I wouldn't say expected salaries because I, I know what the salaries are going to be. But for the expected ownership, I prefer Anthony Davis as a GPP play. I think he should have uh, lesser ownership than LeBron. And then everybody else, I just kind of think it's uh, fair price tags for the Lakers. And one of the issues here is just at the minutes, Luke Walton's been all over the place where sometimes it's Lonzo Ball playing. Sometimes it's Rajon Rondo. Uh, sometimes we see Kuzma playing a lot of minutes. Sometimes we don't. Uh, we also have Tyson Chandler is going to be making his debut. We don't know exactly what his role is going to be and how many minutes he's going to take away from JaVale McGee. Maybe they play bigger lineups, which takes away from like Kuzma and Ingram a little bit. So I don't really feel great about the Lakers situation. I probably want to see a game or two. Uh, how does that all shake out with Tyson Chandler in the mix? So that is going to wrap up the podcast for Tuesday. Uh, probably no podcast for Thursday because it's a really tiny slate, just like what we saw for uh, for Tuesday. Is there's just four games on Thursday. So if there's if there's a lot of value that looks like for me to talk about, then I'll do a podcast for Thursday. If not, I'll just uh, skip out on that one. So hope you guys have a good night, and I'll be back uh, probably for Friday sleep.